Today's Bible reading is from the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 1 to 12. It's on page 788 if you're using the church Bible. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For every one who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Maria. Uh, if you can keep your Bibles open to page 788, that would be great. And you've noticed that actually, you'll have noticed that we've skipped part of uh, uh, chapter 6. Uh, that's because uh, that part about giving and worry, uh, actually, uh, Alex from St. Andrews will come in a few weeks' time and address us with that topic. And so we're going to skip ahead to chapter 7, but do read on your own. But let's pray as we come to God's Word that God will speak to us. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that this is, these are words that shapes how we live as a Christian community. And Lord, we pray that your word will speak powerfully upon all of us and will change how we see ourselves, how we see each other, uh, how we see you, uh, that we might be shaped by you and your word. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder what's the hardest thing that you've ever done in your life is, physically, mentally, or whatever it is. What's the hardest thing that you've ever done? And do you think whatever that is would have been made easier if it were done, if it had been done with somebody else? I've run a couple of marathons, but I couldn't have run the first one if had I attempted it myself, because I'm sure of it, because a couple of months back, uh, a couple of years back, I bought a monthly pass to uh, the, the, the state's swimming pool. Guess how many times I went? Can anyone guess how many times I might have gone? It was a monthly pass. On a moment of inspiration, I thought, I'm going to swim because this is what I need. I'm afraid that I didn't go even once. <laughs> I know. But 20 years ago, Jim, my friend, uh, kept me on track. He, he helped me to eat healthy. He researched with me how to go on, on, on these runs uh, and kept me accountable. I still remember the day in uh, one really cold morning in Chicago when he came. It was really cold and it was really rainy. It was October in Chicago, so I didn't want to go. But he came and knocked on the door and he saw me. I saw him. 
and we went out for a run. And now, living out the Sermon on the Mount, actually, it's really, really difficult. I hope you've been challenged. Getting rid of anger and lust seems impossible. I want to live for God alone, but actually I'm constantly mindful of how others are looking at me. I worry, I'm stingy, I find it difficult for people to, uh, to, uh, to, to love people who are mean to me. But friends, this is one of the reasons why God has created the church. The church is a gift. You and I are brothers and sisters that God has knit us together so that we might help each other, that we might correct each other, help people to see the right way. These rules on the Sermon on the Mount are rules, aren't rules for individuals. It is the rule for the church. It is the rule given for the kingdom of God and the people of God. And we are to remind each other of Jesus' words and encourage and correct each other as we strive to live like God our life together. I know that many of us hate that idea. We live in a world of every man for himself. But we are each other's keepers. Remember, we said last week when James, Raphael, and Enpei were baptized, I asked you, will you do, will you who witness these vows do all in your power to support these persons in their life in Christ? And you all answered, we will. We will because we are God's community together. But often, we shirk our responsibilities for many different reasons, giving many different excuses. And one of the excuses that we give actually are using these words in chapter 7 and verse 1. Right? Do not judge or you too will be judged because it sounds like mind your own business. Don't tell another Christian what they're doing is ungodly or wrong. But then, if you read a bit more, that can't be what Jesus is saying. First, there was the talk about dogs and pigs in verse 6, right? It would require some kind of judgment to call anyone a dog or a pig. And take a look at verse 5. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eyes. Now here, Jesus is saying that we need to help each other. We need to actually help each other to remove these little specks. Well, what then does verse 1 mean? Don't judge. Well, I think what he means is don't judge like this. Don't judge dot, dot, dot. We aren't to be hypocrites as we judge. He goes on in verse 2, For in the same way you judge, you too will be judged. And with the measure you use, it'll be measured to you. You know this. Often we're hypocrites when it comes to judgment. We're much more charitable and loving towards ourselves. We use one standard for ourselves and we use another standard for other people. If I bump somebody on the MTR, right, I expect the other person to just forgive me. I'm, so, I'm sorry, forgive me. I expect that person to forgive me. I didn't mean it. But if somebody bumps into me on the MTR, you know, have you ever done this? You look at him. You think, you should have gotten off that stupid phone and be more aware of the others around you. And be really sorry for bumping into me. That's how we feel. You see the double standard that we use, one for ourselves and one towards another. We are to love ourselves as we love others. It's like a man, 
As we do this, it's, Daniel Pang drew this for us. It's like a man who doesn't care about the plank that's coming out of his own eye, but performing an eye surgery to remove the tiny speck. No. If we are going to remove specks in others, we need to first remove all the big logs and all the tiny specks so that we might be able to help others better. First, don't be hypocritical. Do not judge also means don't judge with a judgmental attitude. As if we sit on God's throne where God sits. One reason why we often fail to see the big log coming out of our own eyes is because we think we are better than others. We often place ourselves in the judge's seat, in front of the court, rather than in the box where the criminals wait. But read these verses again in verse 2. In the same way you judge others, you will be judged. What Jesus is saying is, you are not the judge. You will be judged. You are the criminal. You will stand in that stand and be judged by God. We are the judged. Would a person who's waiting for her own trial in that little box be so judgmental towards others waiting for the same trial? Of course not. Of course not. We're on the same place. So don't be judgmental. Don't be, place yourself in the place of God. Instead of acting like God, we are to act like a sister, a brother. Sister or brother who's had a huge eye surgery to remove the big log from our eyes. And that's all of us, right? A Christian is a person who's come to realize that he is a person who's more sinful than he could have ever have imagined. That we had all sorts of planks growing out of, out of our own eyes. And God has removed these things. God has made us clean. We received a gift that we didn't deserve. And how would that person who just had that eye surgery help another brother, a sister, with the tiny speck? Well, that person would do it gently, charitably, lovingly, carefully, and humbly, without self-righteousness, without a hint of, of superiority. You see, it's not that we're supposed to not care about what goes on in other people's lives. Not saying anything when a brother or sister is going the wrong direction, actually, that's unloving. That's, not, that's positively harmful because it leaves that person in sin. They might not realize how deep in sin that they are. They might be so blinded that, they're not, that they don't even realize that they're sinning. No, if we're God's family, we are to help each other to grow in holiness. And that does mean sometimes pointing out our brother's or sister's faults, especially if they don't see it themselves. And in my role as a pastor, I have to do this time to time. I talk to people about their sins, and I try to point people in the right direction. And I don't always do this right, but I hope most of the times it was done gently, without self-righteousness, without sense of superiority. After all, I'm just a forgiven sinner like you. And we, you, are to do this for each other. We all have our blind spots, and living out the Sermon on the Mount is difficult. It's not a solo endeavor. It shouldn't be a solo endeavor. God has put us together as brothers and sisters. And I wonder if you've ever approached a brother or a sister 
and said, hey, I know I, I struggle with this. I know I'm no better in many other areas of my life, but I wonder if you thought about how what, what you're doing right now is affecting your relationship with God, with others, with, with your witness towards other people. Have you ever done that? Has anyone done that for you? We're not to be hypocritical. We're not to be judgmental. But we are to be a brother and a sister towards each other. Take out the planks, the specks, and help each other to grow in holiness. But of course, this comes with a huge warning, a huge warning, because doing this is very, very difficult. And actually, people don't react to corrections very well either. I'm sure you've had the experience. You thought that you were offering God's truth to another person in the most gentle and humble way, uh, but that one receiving the criticism does, doesn't receive it that way. They, they get defensive. They might ignore it. They might actually attack you for it. Why are you bringing this up? So Jesus goes on to say in verse 6, Do not give, to, uh, give dogs what is sacred, sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under, under their feet and turn and tear you, tear you to pieces. It's wise to assess the situation, isn't it? <laughs> to, to see if you should continue or you shouldn't. All right, the writer of Proverbs put it like this, do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you, Proverbs 9.8. And before going on, I wonder how you've reacted when a brother or sister has corrected you, rebuked you. I have a friend who was told by his pastor that he was really arrogant. Uh, he was too proud, and he tried to take it really as, as well as he could, which was not very well. And Mary often tells me things in our marriage, right? And I, uh, things that I need to hear, but I don't often take these things as pearls and the treasure, right? So often, we don't offer this truth in love to, towards each other. Partly it's the misunderstanding, I think, of the first verse, don't judge. But mostly I think it's we don't help each other in this way because we often act like pigs. We often act like dogs who trample upon the good treasure that somebody has given us, the, the correction that they've given us, and we attack them instead. Friends, are you a wise person or are you a mocker? Are you a person here or a pig who tramples upon these treasures? You know, I wonder if, as Shatin Church, we can make it easy for each other. Can we ask each other how we're doing as brothers and sisters? Do you think I've, do you think I've grown in my Christian walk? Where do you think are my weaknesses? How do you think I should grow more? Can we ask, do it? With, if you meet people one-to-one, -one, ask them. Uh, the people who are close to you, ask them because you want to grow as Christians, don't you? Ask them. And when they offer these treasure, don't trample upon them. Don't uh, be defensive. Don't point out their planks. But listen. Value them. But having said this, if you are to offer these corrections, once again, do it carefully. Assess the situation. Assess the situation. If they aren't ready to hear it, well, I hope you'll recognize it. 
and tuck it away for later. And I think this also applies when we speak the gospel towards other people too because uh, the gospel implies some correction and some judgment there too, uh, doesn't it? If you share the gospel, you're offering what Jesus describes as the pearl of great price. But actually, this pearl involves telling people that actually they need to repent, that there are ways that they have gone wrong, they are far away from God, uh, that they are sinners. And often, people don't appreciate this message. I've been mocked by people whom, with whom I've shared the gospel, and some do much worse than mocking. I remember in Acts series how Paul, when he shared the gospel in the Pis- uh, Ant- uh, Pisidian Antioch, they responded by stoning him. Of course, he could have just gotten up and shared the gospel again, but that would have been unwise. They weren't ready to listen. So he walked away. We are to be charitable, and we are to be persistent in our sharing of the gospel, indiscriminate, but assess each person, assess each situation. There might be times where actually it's better that you walk away. It's better that you bring it up later. And, uh, but as we do this, uh, as we walk away, uh, away um, the, the temptation will be for us to feel judgmental again, be self-righteous again, right? Remember, but there's no grounds for doing this. We're a people who's had, who've had logs removed from our eyes. And we can't get irritated when somebody cannot understand the gospel. After all, our faith, each one of us, our faith is a miracle. We were all pigs and dogs before, but it's only the, by the grace of God He has opened our eyes and helped us to see the glory of Christ on the cross. So we can't be judgmental. We can't be self-righteous as we offer corrections, as we share the gospel, be discerning. Assess different situations. But as we do this, as we live out sermon on the, the Sermon on the Mount as a community, even if we do this, do this together, this will be very, very difficult. And it's not something that we can do alone by ourselves. We need God, which is why Jesus comes back to the subject of prayer in verse 7 and on as he ends this section. He says, ask and seek and knock. And I hope you'll read this in its context. Jesus is, isn't giving you a blank check. He uh, check here and saying, ask anything, I'll give it to you. He's concluding his ethical teaching part of, of the Sermon on the Mount. He's talking about uh, the things that he just taught. We know this, that this is the end of a section because Jesus summarizes the whole sermon in verse 12, right? With the famous golden rule, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. It's the end of a section. Not only that, 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 that phrase, law and the prophets, you've heard it before. In the beginning of his teachings, ethical teachings on the Sermon on the Mount. In chapter 5, verse 17, do not think that I've come to abolish the law and the prophets. Chapter 5, 17, Jesus started to then reveal uh, uh, to us the fullness of what this law means, that we are to live by these higher standards. You see, these are the bookends, beginning and the end. And this is the whole section. And as he ends that section, he says, pray. 
Because even if you try by yourself with all the might possible, you will fail. So come to God together. I wonder which part of the Sermon on the Mount you find most daunting and difficult. Are there people in your life that always get you just the wrong way? You react the wrong way to that person or situations like that. Do you struggle with lust? And you've been trying to get rid of it for years, but you just don't, can't seem to make any progress. Are you a person who uses your words lightly? You lie habitually. It just slips out of your mouth and you go, oh, why did I say that? Why did I do that? Do you find it difficult to turn the other cheek, to love and pray for your enemies? Or do you live for God? Or are you always conscious of how others are thinking of you, how others are evaluating you? Do you struggle with money, worries of this life, your status rather than storing up treasures in heaven? Do you think you're judgmental? Do you think you're ungracious and you want to get rid of it? You don't want to be like that. Well, I do. With all of these things, I struggle. With all of it, in all these areas, I want to grow in godliness, godliness, but I often despair. Friends, what Jesus is saying as he ends this section of the sermon, he's saying, don't give up. Don't give up. We are to do it together. Grow in Jesus is what Shatin Church is about. This is what the Christian communities are about. Meet in one-to-ones. Meet in small groups. Pray uh, together. Try to live these things out. But as you do, pray. As you do, go to God together, to our Heavenly Father. We are to ask Him for godliness. We are to ask Him for holiness. We are to ask that we might be perfect as He is perfect. We are to pursue and knock on the heaven's door for us to grow in all these different areas because these are things that God wants to give to us. These are, things that, that, these are the things that God is doing already in our lives. A promise is that for everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. If we, who are in many ways, right, fall all sorts of ways short, we who are evil are good to our children, how much more will our Heavenly Father, who is good, who is perfectly good, will give us all these things. Friends, we can grow as Christians. We can grow in holiness. This is what this final section tells us, that we should be confident. We should be confident as we try these things, as we come to our God in prayer. Because these principles in the Sermon on the Mount aren't just pie in the sky that will make us realize that we're sinners. These are God's will for us. This is what God is doing, what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives, in our hearts right now. He's making us a people without anger, a people who are pure, people who speak with integrity, uh, people who turn the other cheek, love the enemies, who are generous and prayerful, people who don't worry, people who aren't judgmental, people who love others as we love ourselves. That's what God is doing. That's what God is molding us to be. So we are to be like children who go to our Father for help, who are persistent seeking and knocking and asking, knowing that He is pleased to hear us and give us these things. 
Will you pray? Will you pray for these things? Will you pray with others? I started the sermon by asking, what's the hardest thing that you've ever done? Well, for me, it's not the marathon. It's not even close. Training to live these things out, live the Sermon on the Mount out, well, I fight this battle every day. So let's be a family. Let's be a family that encourages each other. Let's also bend our knees together. Let's ask and seek and knock until God makes all of us into a community of people who are holy, who are pleasing to Him. And I know that we will succeed because this is God's will for us. Because everyone who asks, receives. The one who uh, seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. Lord, we thank you so much that we're not alone, that you have left us with brothers and sisters in Christ who know what it means to be saved by grace alone, to know what it means to receive that amazing grace. Help us to be gracious towards one another. Help us to spur one another on towards holiness. And Lord, help us not to depend on ourselves, but help us to go as a community, to bend our knees and seek you. And we, th- we thank you that you are a loving God who is pleased to give us all these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.